I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, hey, it's uh, great to be with you this week, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Like it's seems like it's busier than ever though. Like for you, for you too, do you feel like you're just busy, busy? I, yeah, I, but I, I really like my schedule. I am such a scheduled person. And then once the time, when you have time off uh, and then you don't follow that schedule uh, to me, it it actually throws me out of whack. So uh, I enjoy work. Um, I enjoy my schedule. Don't get me wrong. I take time off, but, but right. that's in my schedule. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm thinking more like it just, I, I don't know, you know, that time just seems to go by so fast, mate, you know, that old cliche, as you get older, you know, time goes by so fast and it almost seems like my, my ex-wife Janelle, uh, she would always say to me, you know, it's like minutes equals hours equals days equals weeks equals, you know, and, and it, that's how quickly it goes by. So like, I'm, I'm like, okay, today is Wednesday already. And, and I almost look at it nowadays as I get older um, with like, oh my God, that's less time than I'm going to be alive on the planet. It goes by so damn quick. So I've tried to be cognizant, really, really aware of my life and time to really enjoy those moments. Like before, when you, before you signed in, you have your beautiful granddaughter with you. Like times like that, that's really what life is all about. Like really, like we, you know, we work all day, we work to make money, we help people and all that stuff. But what is really the reason why we do it all? And it's for those moments, like with your granddaughter or me sitting on the couch with my wife and daughter and just watching some stupid TV show. Like, you could work every day, but none of that brings you the fulfillment always as if you do with the specialty stuff that you love and the people you love. Well, I, but I guess that it also depends on, you know, what you do for work, you know? True. I mean, I, I pretty much enjoy what I do. There are some aspects that, um, you know, I don't enjoy, but, and, and look, there's more that I don't enjoy that I don't have to do anymore because I have delegated yep or yeah. hired out different things that I don't right. like to do. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And that's interesting because it kind of segues in because I I've been doing a lot of coaching with my clients this week. So, so far I've coached uh, seven or eight clients this week up until today. And uh, this like, it, it seems like there are running themes that frustrate school owners. Right. And sometimes it's like, okay, we're moving in for some of us, the slower months, which is the summer. Or, you know, I'm constantly dealing with the same things because I do summer camp and then I don't have a counselor to help me run the camp. And and, and a lot of people look at things as very overwhelming. And, um, you know, I, I for one, our sponsor, Spark, has certainly made your and mine and your life so much easier, like to the point where it's almost like where people don't know until they get it. And by the way, there's so many people that I coach that have Spark that use like a fifth of it. So I think we got to we got to get on a call with Ron and, and have him come on and do an interview with us. And we need to talk about the specific things that people are missing and within their school and what they're doing and what they're not doing and so on. But anyway, oh, Spark- we're, we're so busy. Yeah. Um, trying to run our school. Right. It takes work to set some things up. Yeah, it certainly does. You know, I was uh, working with one of my coaches in, in uh, you know, the, the health and wellness uh, aspect that I do. Right. Right. And uh, so there's a lady that that uh, it's actually my sister-in-law who coaches in the same program now. And uh, she came over to my house on Sunday and we spent probably about an hour, almost an hour and a half going through, and you know me, I like to make things as dummy proof and as automated as I possibly yeah. can. Yeah. And so as we were going through and I'm showing her these things and she has no business um, background. Right. 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 Um, and so we're setting things up and she's like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so much easier. Yeah. And I go, this is what I've been telling you for the last six months. But until I sat down and like show it through, yeah, went through it with her and built it with her she goes oh now i get it you know yeah. that type of stuff so yeah th- that's what we need to do probably with with uh, those school owners 
And by the way, like our topic today is like, you know, summer or, and by the way, I, you know, uh, I have clients that are in Australia right now and they're in the winter time, but then certain times are slow and busy for them as well. It's just no different, right? It's just a different, maybe a different month uh, for them compared to what right. we're doing. But so we, we chatted the other day, you and I were just coming up with ideas, right? To, you know, what do you do during the summer if you are slow? Like I found, and I don't know if this is the same with you, but I know I found with a lot of my clients, a lot of people are now saying, I want to take off for the summer. I'm, we're going to be away. I'm going to take a break. And the cool thing about us as I've, I've declined most of those requests because I never let people just take off and stop paying, but I've been able to do it and say, listen, you know, you could go on zoom and train on zoom. So you could be in Florida and still put in two hours at the pool and, and do a class, you know, so, or you're away, you know, in whatever country, like I have a kid who was training at like 11 o'clock at night because the time of what it was our time, but he was still coming in and doing classes while he was away for the period of time. And by the way, then he ended up, this is last year, he got COVID. So they had to extend their stay, but he still trained on zoom, still came back, was still sharp, felt comfortable and so on. So we have to look at what, what we might consider. And again, I, we always say we're holding up our quote fingers, what consider to be slow and figure out a way around it. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think there are some slow seasons in, in our industry. Right. But that doesn't mean that slow should not equal complacent. Right. Um, you know, like, so for instance, one thing, and I, and, and he took this upon himself, now, this isn't, necessarily revenue generating, but I do think it will um, help to solidify our connection to our students even more and then hopefully up the, re the uh, retention. Right. But uh, my, my uh, head instructor, Mr. Bean, he uh, came up with the concept of, uh, and I love this because we used to do something similar to this. Right. But anyways, he came up with a con and I don't want to take credit for this at all. But what I love that he that he came up with this was because he's vested, right? He's invested into the business and right. the success of the business and the success of the students and everything. So um, a, a, a newsletter. So the idea is a, a newsletter, a digital newsletter, um, you know, that is evergreened mm -hmm. for each stage of the game. So there will be a white belt newsletter that will go over these three specific topics that we want them to know at white belt. And so, you know, it's introductory information. One of the informational pieces is how to, and this is based upon you and I, one of our conversations, okay. um, how to address your instructor. Even the parents need to use the titles, right? Not, don't say Dwayne Brummett. Don't say Chris Bean. Yeah. You know, and here's the reason why. And we gave some some, some reasons. And then uh, it, it, he, he wrote uh, a newsletter for Yellow Belt, which is the next belt in our right. system. But there's a month one newsletter, a month two newsletter, right. a month three newsletter. Right. You can see where we're going with this, right? I can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we are we are. Uh, our attempt is to uh, make this family atmosphere speak get everybody speaking the same language mm -hmm. that the studio uses you right. know so it's try hey tristar family hey as a as a as a member of you know as a family member of tristar and then like so we're we're just reusing that all all the time but then we're also pre-framing them for any potential opportunities that may come up so some right. constraints that might come up Mm -hmm. You know, what if I don't pass the strike test? What do I do? What if I don't pass my belt test? Right. Uh, because I didn't know all of my information. And we, you know, we put in there that you will flunk. Right. And that most students want to quit mm -hmm. when they flunk. So the question is, what kind of student are you going to be if that, if, and when that ever happens? And so we're building these uh, uh, newsletters all the way up to black belt. And then once we get the black belt, then we're going to reevaluate. But I bring that up because even though this, I'm doing my quote fingers, even though this may be considered a slow time, we're looking at how we can add value and hopefully up our retention rate by making more connections with uh, our, you know, our current students. 
Does yeah. that kind of make sense? No, it totally does. And by the way, I want to I want to also clarify what you said too, like where you're almost kind of doing an onboarding process, but it's a newsletter, but it's an onboarding newsletter because it's teaching them and educating the parents. So I always used to say years ago that we have to get in the head of our clients. And and when my retention, you know, in the early days was was the best and getting kids to, or adults to black belt. I mean, I'm I'm actually better now than I was then. It was more about getting the parents to understand, like, if Johnny wants to quit, you're going to say no. You're going to say, you're not going to quit until you get your first degree black belt. And I don't care what you say. And then they would do that consistently enough where the kid would give up. Like, I never knew in when I was training in the martial arts that there was an option. I, I didn't think, like, my mom would allow me to quit. I knew that I'd go from elementary school right to the martial arts school, martial arts school, home to homework. And then I could play with my friends and hang out. So she indoctrinated me into a mindset. And that's what you're right. doing with this onboarding. You're educating people, planting the seeds in their head as they read this informational, fun newsletter. They're learning skills about how to be better martial art parents. Well, and then also what we're going to do, this this will be evergreened uh, based upon him and I, just because right. we're stapled in there. Neither one of us are leaving. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But- uh, there'll be some also some tidbits about, you know, Mr. Brummett and some right. tidbits about yeah. Mr. Bean, just so they can start to learn a little bit more about us and who yeah. we are and our training. And yeah. yeah, so. And you know what, with those newsletters slash informational emails and so on, like I, we had an interview on the other podcast I do with Gus, where we interviewed this guy named Sud. So. Um, and he's an email marketing specialist. So he talked about that's what he does to market companies is email. And and I kind of thought, you know, email is dead these days. You know, you get more action with, with you know, texting and phone calls. Email's good, but it's lower than it used to be. Well, I, by listening to him, I am while I was on the podcast, I sent out an email to my entire database. Like I got so motivated. And I've been sending out one every single day since then. And it was like typical articles on uh you know, like whatever, um, five healthy tips. I got that idea from you on one of your podcast, your, your things that you did on Instagram. And, and then I've been sending out, you know, uh, loyalty and dedication emails and how to be the best martial artist. And I'm getting like amazing response. In fact, I had one person who's been in my database for years, just brought their kid in and signed back up. And they only did a trial way back when. Um, through that email campaign. So for me, immediately it's benefited results. So the, this is what we were going to talk about today is like, how do we just accept the fact that a month is slow because people say it is, and it's supposed to be, you and I have always been proponents of marketing way more during the slow times, doing other things to keep retention up during the slow times. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, let's just take it back to COVID, right? Everybody pulled all their ads, everybody, right. you know, and, you know, you talk to uh, Dan Kennedy, Dan Kennedy would say, that's when you need to spend more money. Right. Because everybody, everybody's not spending any money. Right. You right. Know, that's when you need to do the mailers. That's when you need to do the, uh, yeah. the Facebook ads and, and all those things. When everybody, so I guess the rule of thumb is you always want to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing so that you stand out. Right. Or, or when everyone's slow and they're not marketing, we're marketing. Now, if somebody happens to be looking, thank God my my competitors stopped marketing during the slow time. I'm going to be able to, if I can, afford it and keep it going. So I'll pick up all those people that were ignored because the other people were, you know, not going to do it. What do you know your percentage of like your worst quarter during the um the pandemic. So here's what I mean by that is oh, oh yeah. second quarter, we were, we were 31% down. Right. So, uh, April, May, and June, right. Of 2020, we were 31% down, but, right. but by, by the end of the second, excuse me, by the end of the third quarter, we were only 19% down. Okay, great. By the end of the fourth quarter, we we're only 18% down and then right. so on and so forth. And, and so, I, I bring that up just because, man, we took a big hit, but not as big as some other people did. But I still made sure that we were marketing. Yeah. Although I didn't, I marketed a lot for the whole online Zoom sign up now. I had people who would do it for a month. They would never really officially sign up as students and so on. But um, 
it kept the energy up and kept people fresh faces in there and gave us like, you know, it wasn't a class where no one was there. But to answer your question in 2019, um, you know, that was, that was the year before COVID or was that, that was right yeah. a little bit before 2020 is really January when it kicked in for us in New York when we were shut down. So I had a huge month in 2020 and January, but then it immediately started declining. Like I went down from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, probably by like almost 45 to 50% income wise. Like it well, was a major drop. Yeah. And you had a lot more restrictions than we did too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but I bring all that up because we didn't stop marketing. We right. didn't stop being creative. Right. Uh, trying to come up with ideas like we didn't stop doing that. And so, you know, even though this is summer, you still need to be doing the the, the marketing. So before we got on. Right. You're bringing you're bringing in some income uh, that you told me about with regards to the um, camps, the daycares. Yeah. So explain that to everybody, because I think that that would be a, an opportunity for people. Yeah. Well, first off, I'd love to just rewind a slight bit because that actually leads into what we're talking about. So um, you were saying though, that we're marketing even in the slow times, that's when most people, and even during COVID, they threw their hands in the air. They were like a lot of people, even good friends of mine, local guys said, you know, I'm just going to close down for four months. I can afford it. You know, some of them could, some of them literally closed down and went out of business because in their mind, they could only see very limited potential in the, in what I considered the rules and regulations of the modern time, which was COVID, right? You can't open up in person. You can't, none of us knew. I remember the, remember the fear. It was like, almost like the movie with Will Smith called I am legend where yeah. you know, like the streets were barren, like that, you know, like no one, I, we were wiping down bags before they came in the house. I'm growing my own vegetables and conserving water. Thank God I have a stockpile of food. Like, I'm like, we're good for a good year if we needed to be, if we we couldn't get food, you know, like you just, I'm a very much like a prepper kind of mentality, even though that I'm not a, you know, like that. But, um, so we kept on marketing, we kept on doing things to keep people engaged. I think that's the problem nowadays, even where people are not in COVID, but they're, they don't really continue doing all they can to grow and build their school. And it could be it might not even be new student wise. It might be like, okay, well, what can I do to make some money over the summer? So you and I just chatted and, and it was about summer camp and you're doing camp one week each week for July, August and right. Uh, June, July and August or. Yeah. Yeah. Like I normally do. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we talked and you told me your prices and I said, Oh wait, here's an idea. So I, I said, well, why don't you do a day camp? Like so that individual people who can't or don't want to come for the full week, um, they might be, let's say, and you have themed weeks, Nerf Wars, Jedi week and all this stuff, which is pretty damn fun. But unless a kid can go to the whole week, they're going to miss out on all that fun. So I said, why don't you just do a day camp, sell that at whatever it is, $45, $50 for the day and, um, and pick up all those parents that want their kids not to just sit around being, you know, with their friends or being in the pool or being on their devices, but they don't want them not to be around because the parents maybe have the time to spend with them and they don't want to, like, they're not looking for babysitting services. Maybe the dad works, but the mom doesn't, but the kids still want some mental stimulation and fun. So I would do the day camp. People could pick any day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, but only do one day or maybe just do two days. Or maybe that parent has to go into work. She works from home, but Tuesdays and Thursdays, they have to go into work, um, but they don't want to do the whole week. So sure. they will pick up a lot. And I, um, I years ago struck a relationship about five years ago with a, a place called Tudor Time. It's like a big daycare facility in our area. And they, um, you know, they take care of kids, for, you know, during the day, all week, all year long. But for the summer, they're, they're like, they came to me one day, said, would you be willing to have our kids, we'll bus them into you. We, we need your lobby, which is my, for them to eat lunch, because they're going to take the bus ride, then eat lunch in my lobby, and then they'll join class for an hour. So I have them, and by the way, they have all their counselors, four counselors come with them. So they monitor them, they clean up after them, and then they bring them out into our classroom or if we're outside and we do an outside obstacle course or whatever, 
and they pay me um, minimum, like I won't do anything but a minimum per week. So I think it's like $20 a kid times 20 kids, 400 bucks. Any kid above 20 is $20 a kid because some weeks they have 28 kids, 30 kids, and they let me know way ahead of time. So on that one and a half hour slot, I'm making $400 every single Thursday for all of July and all of August, right? That's like $1,700, $1,800 just for that one hour for the camp. Now there's a million camps that do what I do. And it could be, you know, a golf camp, a baseball camp that are out there, but they don't want to have the board. Sometimes they'll bring a karate instructor in, but sometimes those camps will bus people because they do that. They go to the Arboretum, they go to the zoo, they go to the pool. Why not you be that guy that they go to? Right. And, and then that's, that's what we do. And then, so we have the day camps for our initial students and then we have the outside camps coming in. So I'm not saying I'm making a fortune because I have a friend, Tony Giannini, and he makes like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on summer camp. All right. So, but at the same time, that adds a lot, you know, look at just the $400 a week for me for, you know, for eight weeks, you know, that's a lot. It's, you know, $2,400 of extra income that I wouldn't have made for eight hours of my time. Right. Exactly. Right. So this is where I think that sadly some schools, um, they, the, the, the summertime shuts them down, not only physically, but mentally. So then they don't go, Hey, what else could I be doing? Like you did some stuff we were chatting about maybe doing some lifetime memberships just to inject some cash flow into your school. And I haven't done them in years, but when I did do them, you know, I would sell like two or three a year at like at the time for like six grand and they would train for free. Of, of course they paid me from the, whenever until they got their black belt. The minute they got their black belt, they started paying again. But if they took them four years or it took them seven years, if I was a hard nose, they got more bang for their buck if it took them longer. But um, if you did two or three of those, that could be 16 grand injected into your income stream. Right. Well, and, and not only that, I mean, you could do specialty um, weapons camps. So right. let's say you don't um, do sword, right? Right. You could do a sword camp or bow staff. You could mm -hmm. do a bow staff camp. Um, I remember, oh gosh, this is probably 2018. Um, I wanted um, I wanted an expensive grill. Right. I needed a new grill, wanted an expensive grill. I'm like, I don't want to take the money out of savings. So I go, I'm going to do a bow staff camp. I right. did a, I did a eight week bow staff camp. It was uh, two times a week. Right. This was when we had our back room, you know, right. Uh, they were half an hour sessions. It's so, awesome. so, you know, what is that? Uh, an hour a week. So I did eight hours and uh, I don't know, it was probably, th I think $3,000 or maybe 3,500, somewhere around there that I made in, 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 you know, eight hours of my time. Yeah, I, I know. And, and you know, I always we, we've done this before, too, where we say we have the right to print money, money. Yeah. And uh, of course, legally, let's say that so we don't get banned from Facebook or so the FBI is at our house. But um, but where, you know, we come up with an idea and I've always loved doing this. It's pretty fun for me, like to say, OK, I'm what could I do? You know, like a kick pad seminar. That was one thing that I promoted in our industry a long time ago. And I did it with, a, maybe other people came up with it before me, but I did it with a little spin because I got a logoed hand mitts, you know, the little square, whatever they are, 10 by 11 or 12 hand mitts yeah. with our logo on it. And I would sell it for like, at the time, it was like 39 bucks. And that included the hand mitt. I paid $6 at the time. Of course, review your product costs nowadays because they're higher. And I would teach this seminar and I'd have a sheet that they could take home. And I would, I had one through 20 drills and I would teach the parents how to drill their kids at home properly. So I'm, I'm almost like doing a coaching course for the parent yeah. on how to do drills. And I have a good spin on this too, for like a level two. Um, so they'd get one hand mitt and they'd learn like, you know, one, two punch, make them duck roundhouse kick and all these different drills. And I have it on paper. The parents could read it. So when they get home, they don't forget it because they're going to forget most of it, but now they have it on paper and they could review it. So then I'm like, wow, that was always a huge success. Um, and I, I think that uh, I said, how am I going to do a second one? So I said, okay, for the, the second one would be for all the people who didn't go the first time, but I could also do a level two where they have two hand mitts. 
So they get another mitt on level two. So I, okay, all the level ones go over there. All the level twos go over here. We're working two-handed mitt drills here because you've done level one. Now it makes them get a side of pride. Like they're like a level two coach now for their kids and a level one. And I would get, you know, 40, 50, 60 kids at 40 bucks. The pad cost me at the time. I don't know what it is now, $6. So I was making 34 bucks and training the parents to train their kids at home, tying in that motivation of martial arts versus having a baseball catch or a football catch or playing, kicking the soccer ball around. Now they're actually, let's drill. Come on, yep. let's do what you got, you know, and, and show off and, and, you know, bond and okay, now you hold the pads for me. And now the parents doing it, you know? So there's a lot of things that you could inject into your school year round, by the way. But I mean, during times that are slow, um, why aren't we doing these things? Everybody yep. should be doing at least four activities per age group per year. You know, what I mean by that is maybe two to five-year-olds or two to seven-year-olds would do something. And then seven-year-olds to nine or 10-year-olds would do another thing. And 12-year-olds on up would do a different, some of them are crossovers, but like uh, pad drills you could do from two years old on up to 14. Yeah. You know, but not a knife training seminar, you might only want to do with your older teens and adults, like stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, no, exactly. We yeah. even did um, uh, uh, a sparring seminar. Oh, that so was great. You had, did an eight, was that the challenge? No, 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 no. That's different. But I did uh, I did an eight-week um, sparring one, too. So, And then the neat one thing about the sparring one is I actually videotaped each um, each class. So, they were, again, they were half-an-hour classes, two times a week. I videotaped them. Uh, and that was part of the bonus that, that, that the ones that bought it got. So right. they actually got the, uh, the – on our app now, whoever – had done that actually owns that mm -hmm. on the app. And then um, now I have that in my store as a digital product to sell. And so that's something that uh, when for us, when somebody gets their orange belt with a white stripe, that's when they're starting to do sparring. Um, that's when we we're, we're offering them that opportunity to buy that. Yeah. And by the way, like if you, some people might be listening, school owners going, oh, it sounds like a money grab. It sounds like I'm going to look like I'm just making money or I'm asking them, I want more money. But if you take any sport and you're very much involved with uh, volleyball, right? Your son is a champion and, you know, and all that stuff in the team and you travel all over the country with him. Um, and not only do you travel, but you take, I mean, you take hotels, you and your wife, and it costs you a lot of money to make all this happen, but it's also a culture for you. You enjoy going away and yeah, that's apparel and yeah. yeah. So, like, think about that. I mean, so my the reason why I brought it up is like every sport does it. Why are we so complacent when it comes to doing that? Like, if we have a tournament coming up, we hold. You know, we want to motivate people to go into the tournament. So we hold special tournament practice and rehearsals to get them ready and prepared, how to introduce themselves, how to compete in front of people. And we're taking that time to do that. Well, if we have a belt test coming up and our kids are maybe semi-prepared, why not? Which one of my clients does very well in Australia. He does what he calls a belt uh, advancement class so that all the people who are a little unsure or people who need a little tweaking or they just want to get the nerves out, He'll do a, a day. He'll have, you know, three or four different age groups and he charges 15 or 20 bucks or whatever, $30 for it. And um, they're, you know, they're doing that on a regular basis, you know, in between each belt level. And it ensures the success of the student, or at least it helps them get the, get the nerves out. And he's able to make a few extra dollars, but at the same time, he's doing it while helping the students advance. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, uh, we used to. I don't do it anymore uh, now that we're talking about it. Maybe I should. But yeah, um, we we would actually do uh, pre black belt testing trainings yeah. and right. sell it as a package. And, yeah, um, you know, you'll come in and the, uh, we actually had a, a sheet and then the parents would be there and watch like, you know, watch the training. And then I would say, OK, write this down because this is what they need to work on. Write right. this down because this would so the parents would actually be taking the notes. You still there? Mute. I hit mute. Um, oh. uh, I think that's ingenious because, like, you know, what if you think about it, what is the biggest problem with martial arts schools is retention. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like, you know, that's the actual, 
you know, maybe if we're good at signing up or even if we're not great at signing up, if we didn't leave, no one quit, we would still have more and more students on a monthly basis. But it's that in through the outdoor, that attrition rate that, that keeps people quitting. So if we get better at, at retention, which is of course, showing progress, people growing, getting better, seeing improvement, showing pride. Hey, I got my green belt. I got my blue belt. You know, all those things are what keep people going. And the more we dig into the parents' minds by teaching them why they shouldn't quit and that whole onboarding process, um, and then doing the same thing with students. Like that's what Jeff Smith said when I did that virtual martial arts summit. And uh, he said, you have to build a vision for them on a day-to-day -day basis. If they get their blue belt, now you have a new vision, the next belt, purple, let's say. And you got to build that vision to get to that next belt. If you stop talking about it, they're going to stop seeing it. And yeah. if you stop, you know, or, you know, following up on them, they're going to stop being motivated. So a lot of times we lose that and, and we don't really push in those areas. And by the way, this is really just, you know, re retention 101 technically, but it really isn't. It's a big deal. People miss this school owners miss this on a day-to-day -day basis well i just had a uh a check-in call I, I did a few check-in calls today with with some of my health clients and one of them you know she's been on and off on and off on and right. off and so i just you know i asked her so what was the, i just brought her back what was the original reason that you got on program right and she said well this this and this i got okay so when you first started you were gung-ho Right. Um, what what were the things, the results that you got? Oh, my gosh, right. I had so much more energy. I didn't ache anymore. I started to sleep a little bit better. And she goes, right. this might be a little TMI, but, uh, you know, me and my husband are getting it on a little bit more. You know, right. so, you know, and I go, OK, all right. So you enjoyed those benefits. She's like, yeah. I said, so um, do we want to continue with those benefits? And she's like, yes. And right. I go, OK, so what's our next goal then? Because I know what your ultimate goal is, and but it's such a big goal. Let's break it down. She goes, five pounds. I go, mm -hmm. okay, when would you like to lose five pounds? She goes, I can do it over the next two weeks. I said, all right, so that's what our small goal is right now. So it goes, and this is an adult. Yeah. Right? So I bring that up because it's the same thing that, that we need to be doing with our, our students. And we need right. to be having those conversations right. with them in class. Um, about those small goals. Yeah. Uh, and it goes back to, I don't know if Tom Callis came up with this or not, but that black belt success system, know what you yeah. want, have a plan and a success coach, take consistent action and then review your progress. But then what? Renew your goals. That's right. Yeah. We used to say that in class all the time. Um, so isn't it an interesting dynamic that people will, you know, they're on track and they're seeing successes and then eventually they end up stopping. So they reach what I would say a rather large speed bump, not one that you could go over comfortably, and but one that you feel like maybe might do damage to your car when you go over it. Like that's the one that stops you, really stops you. In fact, there's one of those that I hate by my mother-in-law's house and I hate driving my car over the thing because it really, and I'm slow, I'm slowly going over it and it's still like the way it's made, it's just bad for the car. So that's how people get to that point where they're ready to quit because they you know, yeah, they know the results, but their mind always gets them down. The laziness kicks in, you know, and starts building up excuses and reasons and whys I shouldn't, or I'll do it on my own. Like I have a lady that I know that came to me and she did your program, not with you, but with someone else in my area. And she's like, I got all the equipment. I, you know, I bought the, you know, I bought all the stuff. I have the food, I have this and that, but it didn't work for me at first. I lost 60 pounds, but then I gained it right back. And I'm like, I wanted to say, well, how'd you gain it back? Even if you didn't, you just kept on doing what you were doing, you would have at least maintained it, right? Like you wouldn't just all of a sudden go backwards. So somehow, some way you had to slip into old habits and yeah. that's why, and then, then you get complacent. You go like, ah, well, I'm just destined to be out of shape and overweight. That's what a lot of, uh, you know, people in, in our country and all over the world do. They just accept that, Hey, I'm getting old. Hey, I'm getting fat. And that's what happens. I'm more, you know, sedentary. I don't work out as much. That's what happens. We accept things because we have excuses. Yeah. Well, and to that point with her, she did not utilize program in the way that it was designed. And here's what I mean, that it's a lifestyle change. Right. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle right. change. I tell my clients that right up top, you know, look, if you're looking for a lifestyle change and, and not a diet, 
then then this is the right space. But if you're just looking to lose weight and not change your habits and not have a healthy lifestyle, then, you know, we're, we're I'll help you, but I'm only going to be able to help you for so long. And it's short term. Well, it, and, and I, the, the reason I say that is because it's the same thing, isn't it? Where uh, in our martial arts school, I don't know, you and I, the reason we're still in the martial arts is why? Because we made the martial arts a lifestyle. Right, right. Our most successful black belts made martial arts a lifestyle. Yeah, it became who they are, not what they do. Yes, yes. And that's where we need to make sure that we're, we're there with our students and not get back to that mm -hmm. is really relaying. And that's what Jeff Smith was talking about is that next goal, that next goal, that next goal. Right. Talk about it. We at us, you and I, we as human beings, we forget. We need yeah. motivation. I mean, think about how many times we call. I called you up this week going, oh, my gosh. You know, and you I don't want to say talk me down from the ledge. I wasn't on the ledge, but I was, right. you know, where I was. And, and, yeah, some, and sometimes you and I both need that motivation, right, to just kind of, you know, have a, have someone of like minded mentality just to be there to hear us and say, hey, this is what you could do. Or, you, you know, that, that's all normal. Yeah, but that's why you need accountability, a coach, a friend, somebody to help you stay uh, in the right in the right mindset. Right. 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 Absolutely. So let's get back to like, you know, so people are slow during the summer and it's 106 on our podcast. So we're like 55 minutes in. So um, um, we talked about camp. We talked about not only just doing summer camps, right? But like you could do day camps. Day camps. You do, if you don't want to do summer camp, you don't want to do day, uh, you know, uh, different you could do camps. specialty weapon camps. Yeah, you could do those specialty camps every Thursday for the month of August or the month of, you know, whatever. And do specialty camps like bow staff, sparring camps, you know, fitness challenges, which God, I'm amazed, dude. And I don't mean this as an insult, but I'm amazed at how many fat kids and people are in this world. And I'm fat is a bad way of saying it. But when I look at like a young teenager and they're like, and I say 10, 11 years old, and they're like 80, 90 pounds overweight, I blame the parent for that. Like there's something going on. And by the way, every time I see that, normally the parents look like that as well. Yeah. And I have some parents that are like, they seem to be struggling because like, oh, we drink diet soda. You know, we don't eat fried foods. Like they don't have a, they don't understand or want to take the time to learn to be able to have healthy lifestyles. So the same thing goes for like lazy kids. So we shouldn't, a health challenge, a fitness challenge, a weight loss challenge, you know, all those things could be individualized, you know, every Wednesday or every Tuesday, Wednesday as an additional charge, but you're changing lives to the point where this is, oh my God, this is, this is incredible. Well, it could be, it, there you go. It could be transformational Tuesday. Yeah. Right. We're going to work on your transformation. But check this, this out. You know, what's really funny. Years and years and years ago, I did a contest where I had all my leadership team take their favorite foods and drinks and figure out the amount of sugar content that was in their drink and then take out regular dried sugar and measure it out by teaspoons. So if it said it's 49 grams, they'd put that in a plastic bag with a picture and we'd hang it on my wall. And you could see the vast amount of sugar that was in, you know, like I have a new drink that I didn't know it was going to be this way. I just put it in the refrigerator. I'll never order it again. It's like a Snapple uh, not a Snapple, but another iced tea, 49 grams of sugar in a little tea drink. I'm like, parents, I don't even care if you don't buy it. I'll get rid of them. Um, but I'm disappointed. I'll tell people, don't. that's a lot of sugar in that thing, right? Um, but anyway, back to that health challenges, diet challenges. But they put those things on the wall. And, um, and then I did it with food. What a cheeseburger. And they took lard and they scooped out the fat and put it in the bag. Do you know how many parents were mad at me because they thought that I were attacking their I was attacking their way of life? Like we drink soda at home. I don't think you should have that up on the wall. My kid likes soda. My kid loves cheeseburger. We eat cheeseburgers three days a week. Like they were offended by what I was doing. Like not like they didn't see it as like, hey, let me educate my child and they'll eat better. They got right. mad, mad at me. So it's a kind of interesting thing. But these health challenges are another great way to do things over the summer and all of these other individual classes. What else do you suggest as far as marketing? <clears throat> you know, I have a, a bunch of ideas, but I know you do too, how to get the name out there, the word out there, get more people through the door and so on. 
Well, I think summertime is a great time to do buddy days uh, or buddy weeks or however you want to do that, bring a buddy in, those type of things. Um, I, so I, I, I definitely would encourage at least one of those a month, you know, um, and, and, and bring that, uh, that opportunity in. Yeah. So buddy days are important. Like I think that everybody, by the way, I have a program called the referral of a lifetime. I made it years ago. It's like $47 and it gives them videos. It gives them the, the whole booklet. And, but in that program, and I'll share with you like the, what people fall short on referral programs is they make a referral program. You get one person to join. I give you 50 bucks. You get two to join. I give you a hundred. Like, and they make these quick things up and then they, they it dies on the, like Jeff Smith also said, uh, the fruit will rot on the vine, right? So if you don't take it off the rotted fruit, or if you put a rotted fruit on top of good fruit, it's going to rot the rest of the fruit. So if we don't nurture our campaigns of referrals, they're going to, they're not going to yield us any results. Like if we don't right. water, if we don't water the seeds regularly, like just to, we plant all our vegetables and we water the heck out of them for a week and we go away for four weeks and never water them again. We come back and go, oh, they all died. So we have to nurture our referral campaign. So you mentioned buddy weeks. If we're doing a buddy week, that buddy week should be tied into a contest. The person who makes the most, gets the most buddies wins a prize. So now it motivates the, and maybe you could say, uh, in order to win the prize, you have to bring in at least three people. Right. right? So like you're not giving out a hundred dollar gift card to uh, one kid who brought in one person, right? And then you create this energy, like a contest mentality around this buddy week. So now the kids are out trying to bring in the most friends so they could win the prize. Um, and that's that's the buzz around buddy week. Sometimes we just say, and I do this, I'm bad because I haven't done those things in a while. Buddy week's next Thursday, bring your buddies in. You know, like, so you gotta have VIP passes, for the buddy week so that they could give them out to their friends. You got to make those people that are engaging in the buddy week referral program. You got to give them the tools to do so. And if we constantly do this on a regular basis, the buzz around it will be really large. Right. And then that way you'll get a better turnout. And let's say you have 20 buddies and out of 20 buddies, you sign up two or three people. Was it worth your effort? Absolutely. That three people at, you know, 150 bucks a month, that's a lot of revenue from one event. Even one person, it's still worth it. Exactly. You know? So, so now the now I, I recommend everyone who's listening, you should be pushing this referral system type mentality buddy week contest during the summer. One, it'll bring new blood in. And two, it makes a friend feel cool to show off in front of their buddy, right? And then, uh, and if they sign up, make sure the parent knows that they benefit financially because I give them a $50 credit off their tuition for everybody who joins for the year. Oh, and by the way, I reward people for effort. So if they bring in five buddies, they get $5 in gear money to buy something in our store. Because what I found over the years is people are motivated and they bring three or four buddies and they get nothing and those people don't join. So now they really get nothing. But if they got five at minimum $5 for their five friends, at least they've got 25 bucks for their effort. And right. a little kid or a teenager could be seriously motivated with that. You know, so I'll say, hey, yeah, if you if you got five buddies, look, you could get that, that and that on the wall, you know, and then, so you tie all that in. That's just another way to get people excited. Yeah, I like that you're rewarding them for their effort. Right. Because I didn't. And I shot myself in the foot, well, you know, years and years ago. Yeah. I really like, oh, did you bring it? How come you not bring in anyone? No, I brought all my friends in. None of them signed up. What's the sense? Yeah. I mean, you can't blame them. The, the, the buddy day thing, um, I was thinking... You know, you can go to Staples and you can get the, um, uh, what is it? The little business card thing right, right. that you can right. print out. Yeah. So you can make a buddy day pass and put a QR code on there. Right. That QR code could be linked to uh, one of the Spark pages that you create yeah. that mm -hmm. has them put their information in. And then it sends them right to the calendar for them to pick the day that they're going to attend. Right. That'd be awesome. And then they're already in the system. Yeah. And by the way, you could do stuff like that on like the cheap printing companies.com Vista print, and they'll print all sorts of things for like, you buy a thousand of those for 20 bucks or whatever it is. Or well, yeah. And, and that idea is that that's going to always be your buddy, buddy page anyways. Exactly. So the QR code will never change. That's awesome. I, I've not mastered it. And you have to teach me that and show me where it is on spark. Cause I haven't used that yet. What's that? The QR code yet. Oh, I just go online and create a QR code and it's the image. And then I just download the image and put it on whatever I want. Oh, and Spark. 
Yeah, well, no, in, in uh, on whatever you know, on uh, whatever. Right, it's on, it's on the business card, but when they scan it, Spark has a way of it goes right into Spark, right? And then well, it's it's based they, upon the URL that that's attached to it, but yes, that's awesome. I got to learn more about that. I don't really know much. I need to learn that. So, um, someone wrote. There's a few comments. Uh, one was to uh, to expect, let's set and give to into self-imposed limitations. So. That's Frank Burgess from Bermuda. That's the way they talk in Bermuda. They have like this very mis. No, just kidding. I don't understand what you're saying, Frank. Tell me what you mean by that. Um, uh, adults create, children imitate is what he said. That was makes total sense. And then the other one was usually parents are already showing the child how not to eat correctly. So there. Well, yeah. Did you see? Uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, the past what four days now? My this will be the fifth day, but. Uh, I've been doing uh, uh, habits for uh, parents yes. to teach their yeah. kids. Yeah, on, on great. eating. Great stuff. Yeah, I love it. I, I've and in fact, I I use that one of them and then turn it into an, an idea email that I sent out to my clientele. And it was a very big one, by the way. It had a lot of opens. It was one of the bigger ones that I had sent. It was like tell 10 health benefits of practicing martial arts. And then I talked about things that you talked about. And I had sent out 540. Out of them, I got um, 30, 31% open rate and a- um, Which and is five, huge for yeah. emails. Oh my God. And a 5% click-through rate on my ad and my website. Some so, of them are existing students. Some of them are prospects. Some of them are old students and so on. Uh, let me ask you this. What was the headline? The headline was, this was the headline. 10 health benefits of practicing martial arts regularly. Don't miss this. These 10 tips are uh, these 10 life-changing benefits. That's a humongous headline. Yeah, I know, but it's going to my list so they know who I am. Okay. But my that's book, the subject line, right? That's the that, subject line? That's the subject line. The headline okay, okay. The subject line. But okay. um, the biggest open subject line, of course, controversial, was um, recently I wrote, uh, I'm so annoyed about this topic and I need to talk about it. Right. And people are like, I got out of the 550 cent, I got 350 opens and 24 click throughs. So controversy, people just, oh. they just so ingrained in their psyche. Right. But so, so other things too, the parents, you know, I mean, not parents, um, school owners should be thinking about is absolutely understanding that we, we need to shake the bushes, by the way, one of my articles that I sent to my students about how the, in Japan, when I went there, they would hunt with hunting birds and the people would launch their birds into the sky, hawks and ravens and owls and eagles. And then the, the people who owned the bird would walk around to all the local bushes and shrubbery, like in the jungle area and shake it. And a squirrel or a rabbit would run out and the bird would swoop down and, and eat it pick it up, not eat it. And then the person would have caught a rabbit. Um, so uh, that's something that we don't do enough. We don't shake the bushes. We're not out on a day-to-day -day basis going, am I asking my clients for referrals? Or am I asking them to help me by bringing people in, by getting new blood, new energy? Am I sending out these emails and asking them to click on a link or share it with someone else so that they could get a free month of classes? Am I posting on social media on a regular basis? Or am I asking by making a gift certificate and having people sign their name to it and then them emailing it out or putting it up on their Facebook page? They're like a myriad, a million different ways that we could be getting traction. I had a lady come in last night um, that, here's the funny thing too, and I'm glad it worked in my favor. I, I had posted an article in a, a, a Facebook mom's group in my area and it was on quitting. Yeah. And um, it, it was not just martial art related because it talked about other sports and how we let them quit. So she told me last night, I read your article. And then all those other schools started chiming in with their free month and their free special. She goes, why don't they just let you do your thing? You're the one who started the art. Like she was annoyed that the other people are trying to steal her away. She ended up coming in and signing her kid up last night um, or Monday night. But uh, so that's another thing is placing those articles, informative tips health tips, all that stuff on mom's groups, dad's groups, Facebook pages, uh, you know, health and fitness and, and become a person that contributes. And then tagline very submissively at the bottom. Hey, if you're ever interested, we're offering a free month of martial art classes. Click this link. Like we're not doing enough, uh, I think, a lot of times. And then we wonder why things are slow. 
Well, and uh, I would call that we're not becoming a person of interest. Right. Totally, totally agree. Yeah. What about some, so tell me a little bit about that health challenge that you did. I think people would like that. I thought that was great where you had it tied into video lessons and the app or other things, right? And it was like, you know, was it a health challenge or what was it? I don't I remember exactly what you turned well, it. You had the yeah, it was a martial arts athlete challenge. Yeah, you had the t-shirt and everything and people got like, it was cool. Yeah, well, okay, so credit where credit is due. Um, why can't I think of his name? Hyper. Roland Roland Osborne, who just yeah, had, we talked about him the last time. He just had a baby. Oh, did he? Yeah, that's right. He said that. Um, yeah, it was his concept. So during the middle of COVID, he's, he came up with that idea of doing a martial arts athlete challenge. And so I bought his system, but I wanted, I wanted to be the one that was on the screen, not him. Right. And so, you know, one week it was, uh, just some basic martial arts moves, but we did challenges with those moves. So we would, um, you know, let's say we, we taught a, um, you know, jab cross front kick, Right. But then we did a challenge. So then, you know, not only would we teach it, but then we did like a, uh, you know, a 30 second challenge. How many of those can you get done in 30 seconds? And then right. they had to write it down. And then we taught another, um, uh, you know, another combination. And then they had 30 seconds to get that done. Right. Um, so, and then we intermixed some of some. So we did one with uh, with that. We did another one with uh, physical exercises. Um, we did another one with, uh, and these were half an hour sessions, right. Uh, or 45 minutes, maybe at max, but, and then we did another one with uh, a form. So they, everybody learned a new form and then they had to perform it, um, and, uh, see how many times that they could do it in a, in a certain period of time. And there was just different challenges that we did. I have to go back and look at it. And actually, uh, Mr. Bean asked me, he said, Hey, I know we videotaped those, so they're evergreen. Why don't we relook at those and see if we can't launch those again for this summer Hell yeah. um, and get some play out of it? And I'm like, I, I love it because he's he's not allowing me to be complacent, even though sometimes I'd like to be. <laughs> and you know what? By the way, you deserve to be complacent, but not ignorant or or lazy, right? So you've earned the title of like the re you know, you worked all these years. You could, if you want to sit by the pool and just take the day off, but we can't not assign the task and, and just forget about it. Right. Like, so we have to say, okay, Mr. Bean, you're going to, and he does it on his own now, which is great. He'll just start. He'll hold you to that. Like, aren't we supposed to do the X, Y, and Z, you, you know, that we oh talk gosh, about. Yeah. And without a guy like him and even my guy, Ryan, who texted me three times while I'm online, he's asking me about parents and the communication with them and what their you know questions were. Hey, can I share on this screen here? Can can you allow me to do that? How would I share? Do you know? Um, I don't know if you can. Hey, there you go. Oh, I can. So there we go. So let me see. Can you see this picture? Yeah, oh, that's cool. It's kind of small. So um, this is a thing that I got while I was listening to the summit uh, with, um, I think it was either, I think it might've been Stephen Oliver, but it could have been Jeff Smith, maybe even Dave Kovar. We had such an incredible list of people that did our shows, but this is called, uh, what does a black belt mean to me? And this picture of this little girl, the mom sent it to me of her sitting at the table and figuring out, you know, what she wants to be like, what would, what does a ninjutsu black belt look like to you? And then they fill in, they're kind, they're strong, they're fast, they're mindful, they're focused, they're moral, right? And, and little things like that, this was something that I did that was something that was, um, and I'm still doing it now, to get people to just think about what that mindset is. So it's just another way for us to kind of inject that mentality. And now at the bottom, it says parent section, what would you, what would your child look like if they were a black belt? And, um, and I'm handing them out. My printer's actually being fixed today, but, and I make a lot of them up and I hand them out. And then when the kids give them back, I tape them to the wall and we get to see what everyone else is saying. So what I'm basically trying to do is just reinforce that mindset, reinforce that mentality, reinforce that concept of, hey, my kid will act like this, be like this, you know, as a black belt. So I'm not going to let him quit. You I know, love and, that. Yeah. 
I'll share. So here's where, here's where, yeah, send me that. Here's where my mind goes though. How can I put that into either white belt, yellow belt, orange belt, wherever right. that um, it automatically gets sent to them. And, and it also is a part of one of their skill stripes. Right. So, you know, we have a, a, a mental skill stripe. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, hey, I could make that a part of the mental skill stripe Love at it. a certain belt level. See, so you and I work so well together because that's something now that I'm thinking about too. Like I could, we have an onboard, an onboarding for each belt level. So when a, a guy, we get, we give out white belts in our school and then we tag them with the white belt tag and they get five or four emails. Congratulations. What a great job. We're so proud of you. Here's what we're going to look for to go to yellow. Um, here's the gear that you need to buy and a coupon and here's all this stuff, but adding in that, what is a black belt? and have them print it out and bring it in as part of their next belt level because they won't get to their green belt or yellow belt without handing that thing in, making it a little bit more mandatory, right? And making sure that they have, they're doing, they're doing this stuff. That's a good idea. Yeah. So here's, here's what I'm thinking with that is I do that before, um, you know, they get into, or have the, maybe within the first two belt levels, right? Right. And then uh, within the next two belt levels, one of the, uh, because then for us, the upgrade starts to happen where they can get into leadership. Right. Maybe I do something similar um, where it's, uh, you know, what, what, you know, what, uh, uh, like the qualities of a leader. Right. And then that feeds them into the op- next opportunity for the leadership program. So yeah. like we're speaking their language. Yeah. And what would a leadership team what would you look like if you think that you had the qualities of a leader and then I'd be more confident. I'd be more focused. I'd be more this or that. Right. That's great stuff. I think Yeah, that, I, we're running out of time. I, I'm going to share one more screen. I just want to share this. Like, for example, with education, like, you know, people sometimes think, and by the way, it's, it's an endemic of our society where we always want to know what the motive behind it is, right? You know, um, and uh, so I'm going to, let's see if I could open it up. Um, anyway, I have, I, I, I can't find, I can't get it to open on the screen, but I have a list of my uniform and it shows each element of the uniform. And I have a description of why we wear the belt, why we tie it a certain way, why we iron our uniform, why we keep it. And we have to come with the full complete uniform. So it gives them education as to why it's such an important thing. And it's not like, because I had five parents the other day that their kids showed up with just different color t-shirts under their uniform for the little kids class. And they all have the same excuse. It was dirty. It was in the laundry. I couldn't find it. I'm like, I get it. And I get they're only two to four year olds, but we need to train them now that this is their uniform. They need to take pride in that. You have to do what is right and the rules of the school. Cause if we don't, we just, always, they always hear you going, it's not their fault. It's mine. They're going to learn how to push the blame. So I explained that to the parents and I said, this, you know, it doesn't really matter to me if you wore a pink shirt, but it, it would, my teacher would not let you train. If you went and trained with my teacher, he'd say, I get it. You forgot it. Go home. When you remember and you're responsible enough to remember what you need, come back. You know, and that's the old school mentality. And and it was a little forceful. And I know that we're kind of fearful these days of losing a person and giving them the wrong vibe and have them run around on Facebook and Yelp and all this and saying that we're tyrants and bad people. But they don't have that same problem in a Catholic school where you have to wear a uniform or a military school. But you do what they say and that's it or you don't come. Right. So we I think we're getting away from that a little and we need to get back to that as martial artists. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's so many things. I mean, if people go back and just start writing down all the things we talked about and the important things like retention and, you know, motivation and communication, this is a a golden gem of a podcast, one of our shows. Yeah. And, and there's, there's ways that you can make money in, in, uh, in the summertime. So I don't want you to think that you can't do that or you can't up, up the ante, even going back to what you had said that, you know, I've about doing a, a paid in full or even doing a, a lifetime membership or something, you know, you do one or two of those to help yourself through the summer. If that's what you got to do, you know, just don't get crazy with those only offer again, one or two of them type thing. 
Right. And by the way, let's just say your lifetime membership is whatever, right? Let's, so let's say you put a price tag of 5,500 on it and you sell two of them for the whole summer. You're going to lose 200, uh, you know, two times whatever your tuition rate is for the, for the year, for the year in perpetuity for the next five years, but you've gained 10 or $11,000 over the summer. Now, if you replace those students with two new students, your income monthly stays the same, but you in just jet injected, you know, 11 grand, 5,500 a student into your checking account. You might be able to pay down debt, pay off a loan, um, you know, uh, put it into marketing, upgrade your school, things that are going to benefit you more, maybe take that well-deserved vacation that you haven't taken. And, you know, I had talked to a coaching client the other day and I'm like, you need to get some time off because you're just miserable all the time because you're not taking any time to recharge. And I get the concept of work hard and eventually the results are going to come through, but you're working so hard and not smart that it's degrading your motivation. And now eventually your school is going to be affected by that. So take that time right, to right. recharge. Yep. Agreed. All right, dude. Great call. Great uh, show. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I just want to remind everybody, go to schoolownertalk.com. And uh, man, there are a ton of past episodes that you can get your hands on. Heck, even, you know, I know it's 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 summertime. You can go back and look at last year that we talked about summer, the year before, maybe the year before in 2020, right. might be a little bit different, but the one in, you know, 2019, 2018, I mean, we've been yeah. doing this for a while. So there's a lot of information that's up there. Yeah, that's awesome. Dwayne, Dwayne, it's always great hanging with you for the hour and it helps motivate me too. So thanks for being my friend and being on the podcast with me and I enjoy our time together. You bet, sir. Have a great day. All right. Sign our everybody. See you next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. Get KarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. AdHealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole other revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.